Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, it's a book with a quite extraordinary title. <laughs> title, cover, plotline, you know, you name it, there's something extraordinary going on here. <laughs> I don't think either of us really had particularly high expectations of this one, but it was a banger. <laughs> surprising banger secret banger who knew I did not see this coming that's for sure <laughs> well there is a lot in this book that we did not I, neither of us saw coming because it is the ghost of Trisha Martian I mean top tier title has to be said well, one of the all time greats and <laughs> I think it's an all time great cover tagline blurb I, we'll get started with the taglines and blurbs as ever uh, Karen can you give us the cover tagline. Okay. Has Trisha Martin come back to Stephen? <sighs> again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> again. Apparently, no. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> if only. <laughs> oh, and the back cover line is mirror image. <gasps> That's kind of true. It is true. Yeah, that, that part is accurate, at least. <laughs> so, yeah, our, uh, our back blurb then is, uh, oh, God, OK. Stephen Wakefield is both stunned and elated when he meets Andrea, a girl who looks, sounds and behaves just like Trisha Martin, his first love. Trisha! <laughs> I mean, no, she looks like her. Yeah. Fine. And he's projecting the rest, basically. Exactly. So Trisha died just after she and Stephen fell in love. But now he can almost believe she has come back to him again. Hmm. <laughs> Until Andrea appeared, Stephen was happily involved with Kara Walker. He still cares about her. Like, the fucking jury's out on that, well, let me tell Very you. Very much so. Oh, holy shit. Uh, but, uh, but I'll continue. <laughs> but... <laughs> But every time he's with Andrea, he's reminded of how much he loved Trisha. So Stephen refuses to choose between the two girls until his indecision leads to a dangerous accident that may take all his choices away. And let me tell you, listeners, you will not see this accident coming. Shit. And I have to say, I think I probably just jumped into this without actually reading the bit on the back. Uh So I was just like, what is happening? (laughs) Me too, because I read the Kindle edition and it didn't have a full blurb. So when this accident happened, I was like, what the actual fuck? (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) Well, to whet your appetites for this even more, (laughs) Karen, please describe the cover, which is... Jesus. I mean, it's astonishing. 
It's it's a thing of beauty. Uh, so we have Stephen. Um, he's got his his standard issue Lego man haircut. Um, he's got like kind of intensely looking off into the distance. Very intense. Very intense. His eyebrows. There's something funny about his eyebrows. Is there like he's got a kind of Vulcan? Vulcan. That's what I was thinking. He's got, yes. He's got a Spock vibe. Right? He definitely does. Right Blue to, jumper yeah. and everything. Yeah. Mm. James <laughs> so yes. Matthews. Is that where you were getting your inspiration from? Is that from what's that happening week? here? This huge Spock vibes going on here. But truly, the star of the show is uh, <laughs> is Andrea, who allegedly looks like Trisha Martin. And now um, we've seen Trisha Martin on a book cover. And this does not look like Trisha Martin. <laughs> I know Trisha Martin and you, Andrea, are no Trisha Martin. I mean, I'll say. So like, if you can cast your minds back to uh, to the Trisha of your, I can't even remember what the book was called now. Oh, When Love Dies, yes. wasn't that it? Uh, Trisha had the, the haunted look of a fucking possessed Victorian doll with her did. lacy blouse, uh, weird pale complexion, <laughs> says I. Um, <laughs> I mean, Irish people can't, most people really can't, can't judge. Can't but like, this. but she had full on like haunted doll appearance to her on that cover um very and like real so. tight like Irish dancing ringlets like it mm. was it was it was a look and very sort of delicate very right. because yeah the whole thing about Trisha was how delicate and fucking mm. fragile she was and we hated it yes um, so now we've got Andrea on the cover here and this is absolutely giving me 80s Paula Abdul like that's oh, what yes. I'm seeing whenever I look at her she, like she's she's gorgeous like uh but it's it's a young Paula Abdul. <laughs> and it is not the Victoria doll hair of Trisha. It is more of a sort of, you know, somebody in an 80s music video. Like It's Paula, extremely thought, 80s, yeah. But like in a delightful way, it feels like accurate to, to the 80s. We're getting into probably late 80s at this stage, surely. Um, like it's, it, it's curly waves. <laughs> there's a lot of volume. There's like, it's, it's a lot. Uh, she does have... Um, this lovely kind of purple blouse on and now the lace or it's got a kind of a frilly mm, collar on it, yes, which, it which is a nod to Trisha I'll give her that the trademark <laughs> style yes yes but it's not as fussy as uh, as Trisha's blouse that we've seen before um I think like, it might be silk <laughs> I think it might be silk it's definitely silk <laughs> do you know what she looks like she's got quite sort of pouty lips and it's like when uh, the queens of drag race come back for you know all stars and they've had oh. really Terrible fillers. lip fillers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Uh, yeah, she's all stars Trisha. <gasps> oh, <laughs> she's had a bit of work done. It's probably been all judged up. <laughs> in an ill-advised way, some would say. She's got a tan, she's got fuller lips. She's looking great, I'll give her that. <laughs> Radiant. Yes. Well, um, I mean, Andrea's got her issues. I think That's we could safely so say we will we will go into this in the uh in the main story because Let's just say that this book could be called Stephen Needs Therapy. Stephen is a psychopath. Like <laughs> that's what's happening here. Yes. I think this runs in the family because he is Ooh. fucking unhinged. <laughs> he absolutely <laughs> is deranged. Um, and let's uh, find out how deranged by diving straight into the story because we begin in the Casadale Wakefield and as usual Jess has been up to shenanigans and she's stolen Elizabeth's eyeliner and when Elizabeth goes in to get it we get a very uh, immediate twin comparison they usually give us a few pages of action before they dive right in 
That's true. No, we're straight in with the comparison. Yeah, it's like page two, I think, and they're beating us over the head with how fucking phenomenally gorgeous they are. <laughs> We've got a bit of extra uh, detail. We're told that the twins have the same musical voices and bubbly laughs. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> bubbly I mean, laughs. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, I can't imagine Jessica having a bubbly laugh. More of a sort of evil cackle. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> we also get the helpful on the nose info that uh, so, as identical as the twins seemed at first glance, they were really quite different. <laughs> Just in case you were thinking that everybody who looks vaguely similar is exactly the same, this book is here to teach you no. Uh, so Jessica is going to a beach party and she's enraged that she needs a lift from Lila because the Fiat Spider has broken down. And Liz suggests borrowing Alice's car, but Jessica would rather get a lift and go to a party in a station wagon. Can you imagine any <laughs> Irish teenager being choosy about which car they drove? She shudders dramatically at the thought of it as gas. <laughs> I did not know a single person who owned a car until I was well into my 20s. No, absolutely. If you're in school driving a car, that's your mum's car. You know? <laughs> also, even that when I was in school, like literally wasn't a thing or college for that matter so <laughs> no one in Ireland in the early 90s could afford to have their kids the insurance for their kids insurance. driving around in cars <laughs> so Stephen comes in looking stressed are, are you going to save his outfit for the end um I didn't actually because it was just the pants and I was yes. like I don't care about his pants <laughs> well, could you tell us about those pants because oh my god these kids and their and their ensembles. This, yeah, it's funny actually because he's like you're meant to bear in mind that he's he's eighteen, like all he's of, first year in college. <laughs> but um, Stephen strides in. He's trying to decide between two shirts to wear, but he's wearing khaki pants with a knife edge crease. <laughs> oh my god! Like they could not be any fucking square. These was, honest to god, I was just gonna say. Fucking hell. Knife it. Like he's ironing his fucking khakis. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Crazy college to, boy. Honestly, he's got all his college textbooks just sitting on top of his pants to try and get that <laughs> crease just right. <laughs> I'd say he's got a Corby trouser press. Like you see in hotels. <laughs> oh my God. Well, Jessica jokes about oh, how Kara is going to be impressed by his shirt and Liz notices Stephen blush. Because he know, she knows who Stephen is really seeing this evening. That's right. Yes, because I suppose at the end of the last book, he rang up Andrea. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think, does Liz know for sure? Well, no, she knows he's not going out with Kara anyway. So she knows something's up here. Yeah. And uh, she she does say to him, you're not going out with Kara tonight, are you? Um, and yeah, Elizabeth cops basically that he's going out with Andrea. And like Liz isn't as useless I feel like in this book she at least kind of says it to him outright like true do you think that's a good idea like this isn't right basically yeah and Stephen uh, says look I know it sounds crazy but I have to prove to myself that she's not Trisha if that had been all that would have been at least been understandable because it would have been just such a weird thing to see somebody who looks exactly like your ex-girlfriend that you might want to talk to them of course, yeah. Uh, to see, just to sort of get it out of your head, because otherwise yeah. it might be... It would, dri it would drive you mad. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, I mean, not going out on a secret date with her without telling your girlfriend. And exactly. Unsurprisingly, Elizabeth is pretty worried about both Stephen and poor old Cara. And uh, Stephen says, look, he doesn't want to hurt Cara, but he just has to get it out of his system. And he asks Liz not to tell Cara. Uh, or, and Liz reluctantly agrees. Hmm. But that's not the only tension Liz is facing because when she goes downstairs to wait for Todd, who's going to pick her up for a date, 
she hears something in, coming uh, from Ned's study. <gasps> There's angry voices can be heard. <gasps> All is not well. <laughs> the castle of Wakefield. Oh dear. Yeah, Ned and Alice are rowing. Apparently things have been kind of tense at home lately. It's unusual for them. And the, yeah, they've been bickering about sort of stupid, like it's actually kind of convincing a lot of their, uh, well, some of their arguments anyway. Like Alice, Ned is giving out because Alice waited too long to call an electrician for some job around the house. And she's like, oh, well, you were the one who said it wasn't a serious problem. And it sort of escalates. It starts out as something not that major, but they're just at each other. And Liz is understandably upset by this and uh, Ned cracks a joke and kind of eases the tension. And But Liz is still a bit unnerved by the whole thing because this isn't just a one-off squabble. It's obviously part of the pattern. It's been building, yeah. So, And I think they're kind of embarrassed when they see that, that she was just outside as well. So they're both kind of like, oh, shit, and try and, you know, brush over it all. But like, there's something going on here. I mean, at least they're seeding the next book early. Mm. I mean, that's true. Actually, yeah. this happened in the last chapter. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, they're not getting along for some reason. <laughs> um, well, meanwhile, a nervous Stephen is heading up to an intimate Pacific Shores restaurant, and he feels like he's got a second chance with Trisha. Ugh. This is not just going to, you know, get this weird encounter out of his system. This is extremely worrying. Like, it's a proper date. Like, it's not like he's just trying to have a friendly, you know, meeting with her just to kind of, like you say, get it out of his system or whatever, which you could understand to a point. This is a proper fucking date. Like, they're going out for dinner. Entirely. And it only gets weirder from now on. Uh, Because he arrives and he's like, he's so nervous, his hands are shaking. And when he sees uh, Trisha, or, oh my God, I'm doing it too. Now you're doing it. <laughs> when he sees Andrea, um, she looks, he thinks how like how she looks almost exactly like Trisha, down to the pretty, oh no, does this count as an outfit? It does actually. Okay, I've got to say. There's one other thing, so we'll hold yeah. on to it. Yeah. Let's just say that uh, Andrea also dresses like a Victorian doll ghost. <laughs> And Stephen is projecting. It's so, it's hilariously creepy because Stephen is clearly imagining all these like long, intimate moments. And then after about two seconds, um, this is the waiter hasn't even taken the orders yet. Listen, Stephen said, leaning forward earnestly, do you like walking on the beach? And Andrea's uh, sipping her water and she just nods. She goes, uh, sure, doesn't everyone? Uh, yeah, most people do. But oh Stephen is like, oh my God, this is amazing. What a coincidence. She's just like her. Do you also like pizza? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I feel like I already know you so well. And uh, uh, Andrea is like, Oh, it how? Right? It just she's also blushing and laughing and going, but we just met. Stephen smiled. It doesn't seem that way for, to me. A delicate blush tinged her cheeks. That's so sweet, she murmured. And that might not say, or mental. Oh God. Like, what? yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> Steve, this is you were sounding like a stalker, Stephen. And again, we are we are then told, speaking of him being like a stalker, we're told he wanted to touch her. But he didn't dare. Good. <laughs> Continue not daring. <laughs> and then he says, Trisha, that is correct. That's not me. I have a feeling we're going to have a great time tonight. Oh, God. It's so cringe. Like, it's so awkward. And it gets worse. 
<laughs> he suggests that so the waiter comes along and he suggests that Andrea get uh, Trisha's favourite dish the chef salad um, because of course she'll like it because she just like Trisha and then he bangs on about his study project for like I don't know 20 minutes yeah it's it's the it's the way of the Sweet Valley male they just talk about themselves for the whole fucking time <laughs> and we're told that Andrea is just as good a listener as Trisha Oh God, you imagine she's just sitting there going, what the fuck is up with this lad? And he keeps calling me Trisha. <laughs> exactly. Well, she eventually tells him that he's called him, uh, called her Trisha three times. And that just goes, who was she? Instead of being offended that somebody is calling you <laughs> by another name, which I think most people would be and not be all like, who is she? <laughs> but, but yeah, he tells her who Patricia or two Trisha was and she cries and says, it reminds her of not being able to say to her granddad who died in a car crash. And then... He says, and Trisha looks, looked and acted just like you. Oh, God. And then, yeah. And like, like, in fairness, Andrea's like, oh, so like, is that why you asked me out? And Stephen's like, no, no, I, uh, I knew I'd like you. And it's like, that is 100% why you asked her out. <laughs> Don't lie to her face. <laughs> also, it's extremely creepy to find out that somebody asked you out because they you look like their dead girlfriend whose name they keep addressing you as and like, you wouldn't uh, we, oh. he says when she I don't know why she says I like you too I'd be like you know what I don't think you're really ready to be seeing anybody and this is very Seriously. weird so I'm gonna go home now yeah I'm out of here fuck this you're weird like <laughs> I'm sorry about your dead girlfriend but this has nothing to do with me and I'm going home <laughs> and we're told that Stephen wanted to when she says that she likes him too Stephen wanted to jump out of his chair and start yelling with happiness but he refrained thank <laughs> fuck for that Christ Stephen and then he says can I call you again and she gives him a playful grin and says yes Oh, Andrea, have a bit of self-respect, will you? Call the police! Because Seriously. <laughs> yeah, because this man is going to make a skin suit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> or keep you, like, in a special room in his basement. Because uh, he's like, great, I think I'll call you when I get home tonight. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> give him a, wrong, a fake number, Andrea. Oh no, because he has a work number. <laughs> Run for the hills. Get another job. Unique boutiques out of, like, a terrible place to work. True, you need to go into witness protection. Forget about Sweet Valley. <sighs> Well, speaking of forgetting about Sweet Valley, Lila and Jess, uh, meanwhile, I guess, even though I don't know what time of day this outing is, ha- the, the date is happening, Lila and Jess <laughs> arrive at the beach. And as usual, Jessica is on the hunt. Hugs. <laughs> always, always, never not on the hunt. <laughs> when she says to Lila, smell that. What? Lila replied, the ocean? Jessica grinned impishly, no available guys fucking hell like I know she's as subtle as a sledgehammer but she's just such a fucking horn dog it's so funny <laughs> she's literally <laughs> sniffing them out yeah. shudder to think what available guys smell like to just smell like I know <laughs> it just can't be good no absolutely especially we're talking about teenagers so good lord mm. uh, well it doesn't take long for Jess to spot her prey oh Jesus yeah and like this is again (laughs) Jessica being ridiculous (laughs) but yeah she sees um there's a group of girls kind of gathered um in a circle and they all seem to be focused on one person and as she draws closer she sees that it's a guy playing guitar um in the middle of the circle but like 
she's like, from a distance, she couldn't tell why he had drawn such a large crowd. He wasn't especially good looking. <laughs> in fact, he had a serious, angry look on his face. But all the girls around him were mesmerized. <laughs> so like, yeah, like it's not the best first impression. And yet she kind of, I think she's only into him because everybody else is really, you know. <laughs> I think you're right because nothing yeah. else explains it. And nothing at all explains, uh, spoiler alert, her commitment to pursuing him, despite not much encouragement at all. Zero encouragement, I would say. Like, fucking hell, she's absolutely wasting her time here. <laughs> Very much so. Well, she asks Lila's friend, because it's like, this isn't a Sweet Valley party, it's a Palisades party. Um, they've been invited there by a friend of Lila's called Angie, whoever she is. And she <laughs> tells uh, the girls that this mystery hunk's name is Keith, and he's, quote, so deep. <laughs> we're told by the way his thick brown hair fell across his forehead as he bent over his guitar he was wearing a no nukes t-shirt and old jeans and his feet were bare not very stylish Jessica thought but you could see it, he had an athletic build under his sloppy clothes at least he's dressed like an actual teenager unlike everyone who goes to your school including your brother in his iron chinos oh for fuck's sake it actually does sound like an authentic outfit for like a boy of that age in this time yes. which is very rare well i mean i guess we are meant to think that he's some sort of crazy hippie <laughs> well because apparently he's really into the environment and uh world peace and lila's unimpressed but jessica uh we're told felt a playful urge to test her charms yeah, it's like she, she she wants to see if she can flirt with like such a serious, no nonsense boy. And it's like <laughs> he sounds like fucking negative crack. Why oh, are you bothering? Like, which he is. Yeah, fully. <laughs> um, but so yeah, she asks him about the song he was singing, and he says with a challenging note in his voice. Oh my god, he's such a dick. It's about <laughs> the industrial giants devouring the land. You probably wouldn't have liked it. Fuck <laughs> He's such a dick. <laughs> he really is. From beginning to end. Even though obviously I agree with him politically, but like, he's a terrible. But he's such a pain in the arse about it. <laughs> oh my God, he really is. And Jessica like plays up to him by saying that she thinks the song, it's not like the superficial rubbish they play on the radio. Keith is only delighted. <laughs> as well he might be though actually he does seem to be surrounded by babes constantly for some reason somehow yeah this guy this fucking charmless like <laughs> fucking guy who's no fun at all and yet he's got all the girls fucking hanging off his every word it's so strange it really is well speaking of things that are strange uh, Stephen is at home in a, basically in, in a daze he's gazing at Trisha's photo and he thinks he's found her again like it really feels like he's having a serious you know, psych- psychiatric episode. Like he's he's sort of losing um, grip on reality. Like it's actual delusions. It's, yeah, it's bad. Um, he also then eventually spots a photograph of Kara that's like on his desk, I think. And he's like, oh my God, what am I doing? And says like, oh, he truly loved Kara, but that seeing Andrea stirred up all these feelings he didn't realise he still had. So like, it's just, he's just so full of shit as well. This is just infuriating and it doesn't get any better. No, it gets worse. And (laughs) this is the thing. It really suggests that he went out with Cara far too soon. He hadn't processed his grief for Trisha. I mean, I don't know why I'm actually trying to put weight on any of these characters' (laughs) decisions, but it's just like, Jesus Christ, if you're losing your, your shit at the sight of this, or not even at the sight, at the date with this Trisha lookalike, 
first of all, you're not treating Carol properly, which he isn't. And maybe you're not ready to go out with somebody and you really need some health, some good therapy, which I don't think exists in Sweet Valley because we never hear of anybody having any. Well, no, yeah, the PTSD doesn't exist in Sweet Valley either. So there's that too, I suppose. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> they just process <laughs> things differently. He's processing things very badly. I oh, think- like, yeah, it's not good. It's so unfair. Like, it's unfair to Cara and it's unfair to Andrea as well, because like, she's not really got much of a part in this at all. And he's just projecting everything onto her. So it's lousy on her because he's just trying to fucking mold her into his dead girlfriend. Oh, she just weirdly seems to be going along with it. Like, uh, I know she has her warning signs. Yeah. Give me warning signs of the my first date where it tells yeah. her she, you're exactly like my dead girlfriend, Trisha. Oh god. <laughs> so um uh Saturday morning, Liz is trying and failing to write a piece for the Oracle where Stephen comes in and starts raving about how Andrea is exactly like Trisha in every way. She likes all the same things Trisha did, and she dresses like her, she talks like her, everything. It's like being in a time warp. <laughs> Like, no, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Liz thinks correctly. uh, Nobody was just like anybody else. Not even identical twins. That was where that foreshadowing was at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, Stephen continues to rave about the entirely unremarkable similarities between (laughs) between Andrea and Trisha. It's like, we met at Paloma where Trisha and I used to go all the time. She looked so right there. And when I told her how good the chef's salad was, she ordered it just like Trisha. And she told me how much she likes to walk on the beach just like Trisha. I just can't get over it. Oh my God. Yeah, he's not well. Really isn't. And Liz tries to make him see sense. She doesn't point out the obvious fact that like ordering a salad and liking beach walks is not a crazy coincidence. (laughs) And Stephen says he knows he's acting a little crazy. (laughs) That's one way of putting it. Yeah. (laughs) But he can't get her out of his head. Oh God. Yeah. And like, rightly, uh, Liz brings up Kara. She's like, are you going to break up with her? Like, what's what's happening here? Um, But he's like, oh, no, it's not like that. Even though that's exactly what it's fucking like. I mean, literally is. Um, And he agrees that like, oh, well, maybe he needs a distraction. But then he doesn't mean spending time with Kara to distract him from Andre. Oh, no. (laughs) He's got another idea. Can you tell us what's tickling his fancy oh god well in a, in a hangover from um the new elizabeth um <laughs> liz has a sports magazine like lying around in her room somewhere uh but on the cover there's a breathtaking photograph of a man hang gliding um so, <laughs> so stephen kind of i think oh yeah because that was it the setup at the end of the last book was that he was going to research hang gliding um because they were in the mall to go look at equipment or something and then yes. he ended up getting dragged into unique boutique and that's where all this fucking disaster <laughs> set, set off but uh but yeah he, he we've established he has an interest in hang gliding so now he thinks that if he goes maybe for some lessons that'll uh, take his mind off <laughs> trisha i mean andrea <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and liz quite rightly points out if you want to get your mind off her well, why don't you spend more time with cara you know your actual fucking girlfriend yes um but he's just like, mm, nope, I think I'll take lessons. I'll pay for them with the money I earned last summer. And it's just like, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Liz does say the immortal words, I doubt hang gliding will solve your problem, Steve. <laughs> the old dad age goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Stephen does not like hearing this and he just stomps off to book some hang gliding lessons. Yeah. <laughs> As one does. <laughs> Downstairs, meanwhile. Jessica is bragging to her parents about her pulling skills. 
<laughs> it's oh it's very strange um yeah and Ned says that's fast work Jessica not to me Jessica declared oh my god I mean accurate <laughs> and when uh, she she t- talks about Keith and she tells him how politically aware he is and how he's interested in blah blah blah, blah endangered species alternative energy, energy sources greenhouses stuff like that and uh, Liz is there now and says do you mean the greenhouse effect Jess snapped her Jessica snapped her fingers right that's it I knew it was something like that how the fuck does she not know about the greenhouse effect? Like, we're in the late 80s now. I was in secondary school at this stage. You could not avoid it. I'm just, like, you would literally have to spend your entire time hiding under a table at the Dairy Burger to have not heard of the greenhouse effect. And somehow Jessica Wakefield has managed it. So, well done, Sweet Valley Educational System. You proved yourself yet again. Once again, their curriculum is an absolute shit show. And then there's what... Am I imagining this or is this actually a kind of uh, filthy joke? It's definitely a sex joke, like it is. And I was so surprised. <laughs> Please share the, the, the jest with the listeners. So um, Alice <laughs> thinks this is gas and she's like, oh, don't tell me you're about to become an expert on the environment. Jessica's eyes sparkled. Well, who knows? If I spend some time with Keith, it might just rub off. An interesting choice of words, Elizabeth mumbled. <laughs> <laughs> Touche Elizabeth Like I love it A bit of fucking spark out of her It's great <laughs> That's the sort of thing We'd usually say Yeah True Followed by 10 minutes of cackling <laughs> <laughs> Well I was more Uh uh, gasping than cackling when I when Liz said that uh, Keith sounds a bit like Sheffield. That's a bit of com- continuity again. It is, yeah. They're really going with the continuity lately. I'm loving it. Mm. Well, Jessica claims that Sheffield was a bore, but then remembers he was a rich, cute bore. Uh, and she doesn't think this, but that is more than can be said for Keith. Sheffield was cute and charming and like a nice person. Keith just fucking scowls at people and bangs on about fucking acid rain or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're so, un- just no fun at all. And he's, yeah, he's boring, uh, he and, boring and charmless yeah. and not particularly, you know, pleasant to Jessica. Whereas Sheffield at least had principles and was attractive and uh, friendly. Yeah, he wasn't he like a young Paul Newman? Oh, he was a young mm. Paul Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Don't think Keith is. Uh, well, Keith wants, oh, well, this is a bit familiar from our, our recent history. Uh, he wants her to go leafleting with him. Oh, stop. It gave me flashbacks when they started talking about it. <laughs> I know, me too. Yeah, except there, uh, he wants to leaflet about recycling, but because he doesn't have a car, um, he, uh, he, he wants a lift. From her. So he is happy to get a lift in a car. I know. It's like he doesn't believe in fossil fuels or ruling the land with paved roads, but he's also going to just bum lifts off everybody instead of fucking cycling anywhere. So I don't know, man. (laughs) How committed are you really? Indeed. Uh, So Alice, she asks Alice for the car, but Alice cannot lend the car because she has to go on some work thing. She's got a very demanding client. And Ned is not happy to hear this. Mm, yeah, apparently her and Ned were supposed to um, have lunch that day. Um, for some reason, this lunch is a really big deal. Uh, yeah. He's like, we've been planning it for weeks. Really? And it's like, really, it's just lunch, lads. Come on. Oh. Um, but yeah, so Ned kind of flips the lid slightly. And 
Alice is like, oh God, I'm sorry, I forgot. And he's like, how could you forget a thing like this? Am I so insignificant that our plans don't carry any weight at all? And it's just like more of this kind of blowing things out of proportion. Oh. And to be honest, Ned's kind of a dick, I feel oh like. Oh my God, my stuff. notes say, Jesus, Ned, you drama queen. Like, <laughs> he is a drama queen. <laughs> so <laughs> true. Like, yes. Seriously, like, have a seat. Uh, Put your uh, pants back on, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like that, am I very <laughs> insignificant? Like, he goes from zero to 100 in about two seconds flat. And then he just stomps off and drives away. It's so strange. Like, there's just no need for it at all. Well, I think he's definitely having some sort of midlife crisis. And, you know, in theory, I should be able to relate to that. But really not. Oh, I start acting like this. Oh, get a hold of yourself, will you? <laughs> well, Alice rushes off too. Um, so it's really just, there. It's it's genuinely quite bad between them. Obviously, we have never seen them like this, but their kids have never seen them like this either. So it's, it seems very out of character. Yeah, and they're not making much of an effort to like not row in front of the kids either, which seems kind of poor on their part as mm, well. True. Well, that's because Ned's just flying off the handle <laughs> to drop that. <laughs> I know, like seriously, cop on to yourself. Well, uh, Stephen goes off to distract himself from his parents' fight by calling his girlfriend, Cara, though his first instinct was to call Andrea. For fuck's sake, like, you don't even know this girl. <laughs> call your girlfriend, Jesus. Well, Cara asks, you know, what they, they'd, I guess they'd had tentative plans to, uh, to just do something today, but they hadn't gone down hmm. to specifics. And when Cara asks him what he wants to do today, uh, she's kind of being a bit sort of goofy and sort of laughing and he's like did Kara always sound so girly so silly Ugh. Um, and uh, he feels a bit guilty for thinking this good <laughs> uh, so he tells her he'll surprise her and he'll pick her up and on the way there he decides that they'll uh, a big long hike at Second Lake will be romantic why like, yeah, and a big long hike with no fucking warning either to actually dress appropriately or be ready for such an, an endeavour it's like nope I'm just going to turn up and fucking drag her up a hill like, all day long she'll love it yeah, so he picks her up and they, they kiss when she gets into the car and it sort of seems like it's normal for about two seconds and then he says oh, we're going to go on a, up a mountain at the side of a lake and she points like, like she's not wearing suitable shoes just wearing sort of strappy sandals and when he suggests going back to change, she says, oh, no, it's fine. It's kind of, I mean, I would have gone back to change or just yeah. said, no, I'm not going up a mountain. <laughs> Fuck that. It's a terrible plan. <laughs> um, but uh, they drive off and she starts to tell a story about cheer practice. And he's all like, oh, Jessica told me that already. Oh, he's such a fucking asshole. I'm oh, so mad fuck. at Steve basically the entire way through this book um, because like Stephen thinks there's a touch of irritation in her voice because he does just cut her off and it's quite rude. Um, but then he's like, uh, sometimes he wondered if Kara was a little too immature for him. And it's like, yeah, dude, she's fucking 16. Go out with someone your own age, you weird creep. Like, exactly. Jesus. Exactly. Oh, everything. You're in college, for fuck's sake. Also, how old is Andrea? Is she working full time in Unique Boutique or is it just after oh. school? Like, is she, you know, 25? They don't actually tell us what age she is or whether she's in school or college or, or yeah. what her deal is really. Yeah, she could be any age. <laughs> well, she looks but, about 30 yeah. on the cover, it has to be said. I mean, well, they all do. <laughs> True. <laughs> so they arrive at the lake and uh, surprise, surprise, after about 15 minutes, he began to wonder why he had thought a hike would be romantic. Uh why indeed oh shit like you didn't even bring a fucking picnic or anything it's like yeah we'll just go for a big fucking hike it's yeah, like they, you're terrible at this I don't think they even have water like he's hot and sweaty and he keeps having to wait for Kara to catch up because she's like 
you know, wearing her light sandals. I can't hike over rocky terrain. Yeah. And <laughs> Kara gets a blister and Stephen has lost his damn mind because he thinks Andrea would have been ready for anything, he was sure. She wouldn't have needed to rest and certainly wouldn't have whined and complained. He felt certain that Andrea was mature <laughs> and self-reliant. What? Fuck. Sake. You've met her once. You talked about absolutely nothing. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he decides to tell Kara about his new desire to go hang gliding. And when she says it sounds dangerous, he just loses his shit. Oh, for fuck's sake. Like, he's. Kara deserves so much better than this. Like, he's just. Oh, gotcha. He's awful to her. Like, as, as, as she quite rightly points out, like, it's it seems quite dangerous. And he gets all resentful and he's like, it would be fun. I, are you saying I'm, I'm irresponsible? And she's kind of like, what's going on? She's like, don't people always crash in these things? And Stephen clenched his jaw. Not always. Like, <laughs> he's like Ned, just fucking flying off the handle for no reason. Like, she's being completely reasonable here with him. Um, and he's just like, you know, you could have said, go for it, Steve. It must be great to fly. That was what Andrea would have said, he thought. Like, you are losing your mind and your grip on reality. Stop it. <laughs> he needs to see a doctor. Truly, yeah. This is not okay. Well, Jessica, meanwhile, has borrowed the lime green triumph <laughs> to go leafleting with Keith. Ah, memories. <laughs> Remember getting your get your hands stuck in one of those terrible uh, oh, letter boxes with all with the, the fluffy thing? Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah, you really get end up with you, you quickly establish what your favorite type of postbox is when you do any I amount of leafleting. It's like I suddenly had so many opinions about postboxes. Remember how ha- great it would be if you came to a house and they just had one of the outdoor ones that you just picked <gasps> oh, up a little hatch, popped the it box in one. Yep. Oh, yeah, attached to the wall. Beautiful. Oh, oh. love it. <laughs> well. <laughs> what they're doing here because they have mail they're you know they have those like old school American mailboxes I guess true yeah so uh, she's horrified when Keith who's obviously an experienced leafletter like herself <laughs> says that they should split up and take opposite sides of the street also oh, yes far from the course, yes <laughs> <laughs> and that they ring the doorbells and if they give the leaflets and give a spiel if the people are at home or else they put it in the mailbox and um, Jessica's like split up that doesn't sound very friendly Startled, Keith looked at her and is like, "What? Well, you know, we've got to give them all out today." And Jessica's like, "I was just kidding." Oh god! Like he's giving her absolutely no indication that he's into her at all. Like there's nothing. He's giving her nothing. No, at <laughs> all. Uh, well, he says that most girls he knows wouldn't be willing to do this, and she thinks it's great of her, and that's uh, enough for her. Even though he clearly doesn't really care about spending any time with her whatsoever. No, like most, most girls just have more fucking sense like than to hang out with them. Well, there is a great bit when he, he looks into her eyes and says, be sure to tell people they're printed on 100% recycled paper. <laughs> <laughs> We're told Jessica nodded solemnly, returning his mesmerising look. His powers of persuasion were even stronger than her own. Oh my God, she's met her match. <laughs> I will, she said in a husky voice. <laughs> the husky voice always means that they're seconds away from like just wanting to ride each other well, but uh, not this case no for Jess <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so she knocks on the door the person isn't interested and then this disgraceful bitch thinks sooner they're distributed the sooner we can do something else so she starts cramming loads of brochures into each mailbox Mm-mm, that is not how you do it Jessica no Oh my god, you keep Those leaflets cost money. <laughs> you keep going one per household and you keep going until they are all gone. That's right. <sighs> Jessica. I don't know why I didn't I, I wouldn't expect anything better of her, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so to be honest, I'm surprised she didn't just fire them into the bin. So actually well, that was probably good going for her. <laughs> I think she put them into a letterbox. Fair yeah. enough. 
So meanwhile, a shaken Kara is on the way home with Stephen, uh, understandably freaked out. And she suggests going to the dairy burger and he's like, oh, I have to study. And she tries to lighten the mood and suggests they have like a film marathon. Um, and, uh, you know, they get loads of J- old, the old James Bond films and thinks it'll be fun. And he doesn't say anything. And she kind of, you know, says, you love old Bond movies. And Stephen snaps, we watch movie all the, movies all the time. Can't you think of anything else to do? Like, seriously, she's like, she's being so much nicer to him than he fucking deserves. Because like anything she says to him, he just seems to to take things the wrong way and like get snappy with her for no yeah, good reason. At all. And it's just, it's infuriating seeing this. <laughs> and he, she tries to reason with him. But this is what I like about Kara in this, that she actually acknowledges all this stuff. She's like, we do not watch movies all the time, Stephen. What is wrong with you today? And he's like, yeah. like he's the fucking immature one here Kara's being very reasonable (laughs) so he eventually by the time they get back to her house he apologises but you know when they say goodbye it's kind of like a peck of the cheek like bye drives off yeah it's still weird and things things aren't right at all for them yeah so Kara wonders maybe Jessica could shed some light on the subject and Jessica is by the pool reading about the rainforest and says aloud, why don't those Brazilian people just quit cutting the trees down? She asked out loud. To herself, <laughs> it's simple, just to make them stop it. Oh, problem solved. <laughs> Get that woman to the UN. <laughs> <laughs> She's quite the diplomat. So we're told that reading up on all these things is uh, just going to make sure is her is part of a plan. Uh, yeah, so, I mean... I guess. It's just, <laughs> so yeah, she's going to read up on, on all these things, such as, uh, as, yeah, deforestation, oil exploration and, and acid rain. And actually, yeah, when the acid rain came up, I was like, oh, I remember yeah. acid rain. Very <laughs> of its time. The you never acid. hear about acid rain anymore. Whatever <laughs> happened to acid rain? <laughs> um, but yeah, she reckons that if she's all read up on these things, that like once he's hooked, maybe she could get him involved in something more interesting, like playing tennis, partying, and hanging out <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> it's like, this is not a good plan. No. You're just like, just find someone who is into these things because this guy, as we've established, is no fucking crack at all. No, he is not going to be partying or playing tennis anytime soon. So <laughs> just give up now. Yeah. Well, she's romping around with Prince Albert. Yay, love it. He's back. (laughs) The best Wakefield. (laughs) Oh, by, well, by a... A country mile. (laughs) Indeed. Um, Well, Cara rings and asks, look, is Stephen okay? And Jessica just ignores this question and starts whining about, oh, my parents are working all the time and I have to do loads of housework. As if. I know, yeah. <laughs> She's not doing any of that housework. And she keeps, she literally bangs on about this and Keith. And finally, Kara just interrupts her and asks, like, look, is Stephen there? And Jessica's like, oh, how rude. I know, she's actually taken aback. It's like, how dare she? <laughs> it's like, people are supposed to just listen to me whining all the time. That's how this goes. <laughs> and she tells Kara that Stephen left, quote, all dooded up. I did notice that, yes, all dude it up. Hmm. As a dude would, I guess. I don't know. Like a dude ranch? Is he dressed as a cowboy? Oh, is oh. he secretly a bit of RTC? <laughs> is that what's happening? Oh, if only. He's not cool enough to be an RTC. He sure isn't. Uh, well, Jessica thought that Stephen was off to meet Kara. And um, she just ignores Kara's obvious distress and keeps talking about Keith. But Kara's like, look, I have to go. And Jessica is very offended. (laughs) She thinks Kara is so insensitive. (laughs) But uh, I think after she's hung up on her, that uh, a thought eventually dawns on Jessica that if Stephen wasn't going out with Kara, then where is he going? Hmm. Hmm. 
Well, he's at the aquarium. It's like a zoo for fishies. <laughs> As one of my very favourite songs in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend set. So good. <laughs> um, yeah, he is at the aquarium, the zoo for fishies. Um, <laughs> and he's with Andrea. And uh, he's having a great time. There's just one thing bothering him because he's oh a psychopath. God. He is fully like, this is Patrick Bateman kind of <laughs> shit. Like, it's worrying. <laughs> Tell us what, uh, what's troubling oh Stephen. God. Like in the underwater light, she looked more like Trisha than ever. The only thing that bothered him was that she had her hair pinned up on top of her head. He preferred it down the way Trisha had always worn hers, worn hers. But that was a minor detail. It wasn't important. <laughs> no, it's it's not like it's so important. It's getting at him every second that he's there, and he can't stop thinking about it. And one day he's going to just pull her hair down. <laughs> he's losing his damn mind. Fully, like it's worrying. Oh, so she, he suggests they go to the otters. And of course she wants to, because who doesn't love otters, as my notes no. say in all caps. Fucking everyone likes otters. Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so when she says yes, like, I knew you would. Trisha had loved watching the playful animals too. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, because of course the aquarium was him and Trisha's special place. Uh, since when did Sweet Valley have an aquarium? Hmm, Interesting. Well, yes. apparently it's, uh, it was their special spot. And <laughs> she starts looking at the otters and saying, wouldn't it be wonderful to be so carefree and joyous? And uh, Stephen happily thinks, oh, by the way, he's just been gawping at her the whole time and it like a <laughs> psychopath again. Um, he finally turned to look at the otters. That was just the kind of remark Trisha would have made, he thought happily. Jesus. And then... This is so unhealthy. <laughs> the otters remind him of something. I mean, yeah, like, you know what they make me think of? He began watching Andrea's face. She lifted her eyebrows. What? Flying, he said. Yes, they remind so him not, of hang gliders. Mm, so not like, you know, swimming. No, <laughs> no. not swimming in water. They, they reminded him of, quote, the hang gliders he had seen in the canyons. What kind of fucking hang gliders was he watching? Like? <laughs> Are they lying on their back with their hands and their tummies? Who even knows? Oh, well, um, yeah, he, uh, he, she, she thinks that hang gliding sounds great. And Stephen feels a surge of elation. He had known she would feel that way. And then he does. <laughs> what I, and he does what he does. He, he couldn't stop smiling impulsively. <laughs> he put out his hand and unclipped the barrette holding up Andrea's hair. <laughs> Perfectly normal behaviour. <laughs> her strawberry blonde curls cascaded around her shoulders. Hey, she let out a startled laugh. I bet the laugh was like, <laughs> hey, are you going to murder me? <laughs> what are you doing? Your hair looks so pretty loose, Stephen told her. He grinned disarmingly. I just couldn't resist. Oh, God. I would I would challenge the word disarmingly there, I have to say. Oh, my God. And she Maniacally feels more right. <laughs> totally does. Also, what is wrong with her? She tips oh. her head to one side. Oh, yeah, she smiled. And then she gets takes the barrette off him and puts her hair up again. And he goes... Couldn't you leave it down for a while? Stephen asked wistfully. It's like, you really mean it, don't you? She shook her head with a wondering smile. Like, you know you look like his dead girlfriend. Why do you think he's asking you to do this? This is serial killer stuff. Like, seriously, pick up a horseshoe crab and throw it at his head and run away. Like, this is not going to end well. And get a new job. 
Sorry, dry yes. <laughs> and move and change your name <laughs> and get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> diet, diet. <laughs> so she suggests they get burgers and they picnic on the beach. And he's like, this is what Trisha would have done. Cara would never have done this. Oh my God. Yeah, he's like, Andrea was everything Trisha had been and everything Cara was not. It's like, he's such a little bitch about Cara. Oh, like, he's it's so horrible, unnecessary. Horrible. It really is. She deserves so much better than him. Mm. And um, she says she wants to get ice cream and she wants vanilla, but he's like, oh, oh I'm getting two chocolate cones. And he's like, vanilla? And he almost says, but Trisha almost had chocolate. Like, he's frightening like he's actually scary in this whole scene it's just like these are the actions of a man who's going to do a murder because like, <laughs> Andrea's like isn't vanilla allowed Andrea said lightly but Stephen thought she saw a look of uncertainty cross her face her face sure no problem Stephen said with difficulty like what the fuck dude seriously Andrea get out of there how is she I just do not understand how she is not wedding for the hills because everything yeah. about him is so creepy and weird so frightening. Well, speaking of frightening things, he comes home and tells his parents about his new hang gliding dream. <laughs> <laughs> and that kicks off another Wakefield parent row. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, because like Alice is, you know, quite reasonably like, God, you know, it, it seems a bit a bit dangerous though. And she's kind of doubtful and slightly worried. And um, Ned is like such an asshole about it because he's just oh. like, oh, for God's sake, he's a big boy, Alice, and kind of gives her shit about being worried about her son, who's still an 18-year-old fucking idiot. Like, yes. So she's well within her rights. Um, and he's like, no, go for it while you have the chance. It won't be long before you can't afford to take any risks at all, he said bitterly. Like, <laughs> sorry, Ned, what the fuck is your problem? Where is this coming from? I mean, Honestly. we thought his, his midlife crisis was just going to be wearing a crazy tie and going to the oh beach God, disco. <laughs> yes, of course. What's happening? That. His purple tie. <laughs> By the way, he's younger than me. There. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, um, Stephen. <laughs> this is again why he's just. What is wrong with him? He's understandably really freaked out by this. Like, there, he, he's never heard his dad talk like this, and uh, you know, they. It's it genuinely frightens him. Uh, but he, so he, he leaves the room and he just starts thinking of Andrea. By the time he gets to his room, he was whistling happily. Oh my God. Seriously. He's so worrying. Like. <laughs> what is wrong with him? So many things. So many. Well, it's when we cut to Wednesday evening and Jessica is en route to meet Keith at a public meeting at City Hall about a new incinerator. And of course, she's, there's protests outside about the, against the incinerator, but Jess sees the opportunity to flash a smile at the news cameras. I mean, she's always got the cameras in her eyeline. I'll give her that. <laughs> By the way, Keith, she disparages Keith's outfit, uh, which yet again sounds exactly like what everybody I knew wore. Yes. Uh, can is this is this being saved for the outfits uh, at the end? This kind of yeah, there's kind of because there's kind of two outfits yes. in here for the price of one. So we'll, we'll hang on to that. Let's just say that Keith is dressed like a real teenager from 1989 or whatever year this book was, <laughs> and Jessica is dressed like Jessica Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> she wishes. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry to even put her name in the same sentences. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um. 
So they take their seats at the meeting and Jessica spots Maria's dad on stage, Maria Santelli. Yeah, her dad is the city planning commissioner, apparently. Yes. Uh, mm. By the way, it's only at this moment that Jessica realises that Keith is against the incinerator because that's how <laughs> stupid she is. <laughs> just, yeah, head empty, just vibes. Yep, that's <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> So she suggests that they get food after the meeting and Keith suggests the Whole Earth Cafe. And when when she asks what sort of stuff they serve there, um, these are the best moments of this book. Their eyes met. And even though they were in a room full of people, Jessica thought it felt very romantic. His lips parted. They have natural vegetable juices and mineral water, he said huskily. Sweat. <laughs> So the meeting begins. Jessica is bored witless and um, she th- thinks the sooner they got round to the thing she liked to do, go dancing, hang out at the Dairy Burger, the better. Oh, God. I don't know why she's putting up with this. Like, he's so not worth the hassle. Also, she's making like he's make, he, she's going to two hour long meetings about incinerators with them. Like, he, how hot is he? <laughs> I know. And because that's the thing, because at first he wasn't even that hot yeah. to her. So it's like, there's no like Jessica logic at play here, or at least her usual kind of logic, you know, because <laughs> the length she will go to for a hot guy are unparalleled. But like, he wasn't even that hot to fucking begin no. with. So I just don't get this at all. And like, she's quite lazy. So I don't, I don't understand why she's putting so much effort in. <laughs> That's this. true. She'd normally be whinging and thinking, oh, I could be at the Dairy Burger right now or at the Beach Disco or like literally anywhere else <laughs> and actually enjoying myself. Indeed. And yet she's putting herself through this. It's very strange. Baffling. So we cut to Friday and Todd is walking Liz to the cafeteria. He, they can't lunch together because he's got a lunchtime meeting with Mr. Collins. Yay! <laughs> His only appearance. I'll have to take what I can get. Yeah, we haven't even had a, an indirect reference to him for a few books now. That's it. Yeah, we're having to just take the scraps as they throw them at us. <laughs> we have to do with off-camera appearances. <laughs> Go, come back soon, Roger. So Liz confides her stress to Todd about her arguing parents. And Todd suggests, which does sound quite reasonable. Look, you know, you told me they've both been working a lot recently, which is true. And it's probably just like work-related stress. And they'll, you know, when things calm down, so will they. And Liz is soothed briefly, but after she Todd leaves and she heads into the cafeteria on her own, um, she starts worrying again. And those worries are not assuaged when she sees somebody who calls her over. Who could it be? Oh, poor old Cara. Yeah, yeah. she sees, um, her heart sinks like when she sees Cara uh, and kind of tries to look cheerful when she goes over to her. But like Cara is obviously not in the best of form and she knows the car is going to ask her like what the fuck is going on with Stephen because literally everything she says to him makes him flip out at her um and of course she does you know she kind of says look what's going on with Steve is he upset about something did I do something like he usually tells me everything but you know lately he's been busy and like what's going on basically yeah. yeah. And um, Liz mentions the hang gliding and realises that Cara didn't even know about it, like oh. um, that he was actually doing it. So she just feels really awkward and really angry with Stephen. Um, she thinks he was being a jerk. He was throwing away a wonderful relationship for a ghost. <gasps> And not even a real exciting ghost no. that's actually cool and creepy. <laughs> An actual dead person. But no, just some girl who looks like a dead girl. It's like, it's not even that good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then she starts worrying, oh God, is this why, you know, my dad is being such a dick 
too? Is, is he having an affair? <gasps> With a ghost? <laughs> oh my God, imagine if that was the next If only. <laughs> the ghost of, what's her name? The divorcee. <gasps> the divorcee. Was it Mariana? Mariana, Mariana. West. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd read that book. So good. <laughs> Sweet Valley Nuts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Liz is so freaked out by all of this, by her sort of feeling guilty for not telling the truth to Kara and being angry with Stephen and then worried about her dad. She runs away. And Kara's uh, not on her own for too long because Jess and Lila turn up. And Jess thinks that uh, both Stephen and Kara are acting kind of weird recently, but they shouldn't let anybody else see that they, they're not happy because that's such a downer. <laughs> I know. She's, she's, she's a terrible friend. Oh, the worst. Like, oh, things aren't going well between my one of my best friends and my brother. So, you know, they should really keep it to themselves. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, why do they have to look so sad all the time? Oh, they're such a buzzkill. <laughs> well, Lila urges Kara to join her after school on a trip to the mall because there's a dress she likes the look of a unique boutique. Uh-huh. And Kara agrees to go and Jessica, the sociopath, is like, fine, uh, that's grand. Everything's normal now. I won't bother my head about it for a single second longer. I know, yeah. Everything's grand. <laughs> and when Liz gets home, she sees Stephen and understandably after that encounter with Kara, she is feeling incredibly angry with him. And then she goes <laughs> to the fridge and takes out a brick, a brick of cheddar cheese and a container of apple juice. What a feast! What a fucking weird snack. I was kind of waiting for some like bread or crackers or an apple or something else to appear. But no, it's literally like a block of cheese <laughs> and apple juice. <laughs> and Steve's like, what's up? It's Sweet Valley High. And this is like, uh, why don't you ask your girlfriend? Remember her? <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, fucking get him, Liz. <laughs> Liz is great, actually. She is. Because Stephen starts defending himself and Liz says, look, uh, just break up with Kara if you want to see this other girl, but just do not dick her around. This is really unfair. And Stephen says, look, I don't want to hurt her, but I can't not see Andrea. And Liz is like, I'm really worried about you because you're obsessed. True. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and also I suppose he's putting her in an awkward position because she's having to lie to Kara to cover his ass. Like instead of him just fucking doing the decent thing and breaking up with her already. Like, yeah. it's bad. And Alice comes in and is all stressed about work and a difficult client. And she rings Ned at the at his office and tells him that she has to work tonight so she won't be home around dinner. And Liz is kind of, oh, because things have been so weird between them recently, Liz is already tense when she, her mum makes the call. Aww. So, uh, and of course things escalate and they have a fight and both Stephen and um, Liz are freaked out by it. Uh, though, of course, Stephen seems to be able to distract himself very easily by thinking about his uh, creepy ghost girlfriend. <laughs> She's quite the distraction after all. <laughs> and as we ponder Stephen and his relationship with the, with the ghost, <laughs> if only, we would like to remind you that if you would like to support what we do at this show... This absolute nonsense. <laughs> you can on uh, by uh, supporting us at Headstuff Plus. 
That's right. Headstuff Plus is a membership platform that was set up by the Headstuff Podcast Network, uh, which we're a part of. So by signing up, you get access to loads of good bonus stuff, such as our bonus series. Yes. If you uh, support us on Headstuff Plus, every two weeks between regular episodes, you can listen to our new bonus series, Pi Beta Alpha, in which we recap the Sweet Valley High TV series. <laughs> it is bananas. It truly <laughs> is. So the first episode came out uh, last week and there will be another one next week. So you won't have to wait for uh, two weeks between Sweet Valley shenanigans. That's uh, right. You get something something ridiculous every week. Hooray! <laughs> right. And you can get that something by signing up wherever you are in the world for just as little as five euros per month. Yeah. And when you sign up... Uh, like regardless of which show you decide to support, because you can kind of spread it across three shows or just pick one show or two shows, whatever way you want to do it. Uh, but whatever way you do end up doing it, you get bonus content from all of the shows uh, on the Headstuff Network. And there's loads of great podcasts such as That's Bangin'. Yes, That's Bangin' is a program or program, a podcast all about food. And you can listen to a little sample of it right now. That's Bangin' with Chris and Marcus. Hello, my friends, and welcome to That's Banging with me, Marcus Solera. And me, Chris Mellon. A new podcast celebrating everything good from farm to plate, ship to service, and field and fork. A celebration of everything tasty, fresh, and excellent that's coming off our island at the moment. As well as interviews with people who are shaping the best of the best of food and drink from around the country. We'll be available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. So if you want to support us and all the rest of the podcasts in the Headstuff Podcast Network stable, you can go to headstuffpodcasts.com. And now, back to Sweet Valley, where Cara, Lila and Liz are at the mall. Cara wishes she hadn't come because she knows she's sort of being a bit of a downer at this stage. Oh, yeah. But then, <laughs> They head to the unique boutique. And who should she see there? Oh, well, I mean, of course, Andrea's on. Apparently she's just there all the time, I guess, because every time Stephen's looking for her, he just rings the shop. So, (laughs) yeah, not only is she working there, she's potentially living there too. (laughs) (laughs) Morning, noon and night. And interestingly, so Kara sees Caesar and is really shocked. But then she notices that at second glance, the resemblance wasn't as strong as she had first thought. Yeah, that's quite interesting, actually, that we get somebody else's perspective on it, because as far as Stephen is concerned, she's a fucking carbon copy in everything and down to her gestures and the way she dresses. Whereas when Cara sees her, she's like, oh, you know, there is a resemblance, but like her eyes are different and the way she moves is different. And she's like, no, okay, she looks like her, but like, obviously it's not Trisha and it's not as uncanny as Stephen seems to have built it up. Like, Yeah, exactly. So she asks Jessica if the girl looks familiar. And Jessica says she looks like the actress Betty Garrett, who I was not familiar with, but she's like an old Hollywood actress who was in like MGM musicals and was in lots of American TV programs, after like big TV programs after that. She would have been about 70 at the time this book was written. <laughs> I just presumed that was a made up name, Jesus. I just Googled it just to see. So 
there is a real Betty Garrett. Maybe we'll post a picture of her of young Betty Garrett, or maybe I don't know, seventy something year old Betty Garrett. I don't know what Jessica's thinking. And like, does she look anything like an eighties Paula Abdul? Because I I feel like she doesn't. No, in fact, I think she has dark hair in her youth. Uh, she seems pretty interesting. She uh, she was blacklisted in the McCarthyite era because she was ah. uh, a communist and a progressive fundraiser back in the day. All, it's like if they got blacklisted, that's a sign of a cool person. I know. Yeah, it's always like us too. Yeah, good. I'm glad. <laughs> and uh, didn't name names either. So well done, Betty. Good for her. Um, so uh, yeah, apparently that's Trisha's lookalike. But <laughs> fair enough. Okay. Impressed of Jessica's knowledge of uh, obscure Seriously. communist actresses. Their references are so hilarious. I just I don't know where they pulled them out of. <laughs> um, apparently, Betty Garrett, I like, seems to have been in a lot of shows in the 70s and 80s so maybe that but again she was quite old then as an older woman how is that the go-to reference (laughs) it's like saying oh she looks like Betty White (laughs) who was about the same age (laughs) I don't remember comparing people my own age to golden girl stars back in the day Uh, these kids (laughs) well Kara's like no it's not Betty Garrett it's Trisha Martin (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and points out by the way again at first I thought it was actually her but she doesn't look that much like her when you take a really good look mm. and then our problematic fave Lila disgraces herself yet again oh, fuck's sake Lila <laughs> she makes it so hard for us to root for no. her <laughs> can you tell us what she says uh, well that's it because as Cara points out you know once you take a good look at, uh, at Andrea she doesn't actually look that much like her mm. <laughs> Lila's like why would you want to take a good look anyway Lila said snottily she's just a sales clerk oh Lila you little bitch Betty Garrett would be very angry with you <laughs> Betty Garrett would kick your ass <laughs> <laughs> and Jessica's because Jessica goes really Jessica agreed oh no bear with a minute and then Cara hears Andrea taking a phone call. By the way, they take a lot of personal phone calls in this place. They I mean, really I don't begrudge do. them it. Like, take whatever you can get out of, you know, up the workers, as Betty would say. But, <laughs> Indeed. But, um, yeah, they just seemed very cavalier about it, some of the chats. Well, very much so, considering all the shit that Caroline Pierce was getting when she worked there. Yes. And, like, Andrea doesn't seem to do a fucking tap in that shop. And she's just <laughs> hanging around making phone calls, like, chatting to her boyfriend. And the manager's like, yeah, Grant, whatever. But Cara is, uh, gets a horrible shock when she overhears, which she cannot help doing, this phone call. Oh, this is so shit. Um, yeah, so she hears her on the phone and like she's kind of like, oh, Cara knew she should walk away, but something held her there. Uh, and it was being reminded of someone Stephen had loved so much. Uh, it's kind of freaking her out a little yeah. bit. And she's like, I'm just, I'm just going to stand here. So she can hear she's on the phone to someone that she's um, been out with. And he, she can hear her saying, no, you'd never get me up in one of those things. I told you I'd be terrified. And then she kind of laughs and says, I'll leave the hang gliding to you. <gasps> and Cara's like, what the fuck is this? Uh-oh. She's like, it has to be a coincidence. It has to be. Um, but like, then there's something like the aquarium again tonight. Like, seriously, crazy ex-girlfriend. What is it? I go to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is his zoo. Um, but yeah, then of course, Kara realizes that uh, Stephen fucking loves the aquarium, apparently. And, uh, and Andrea mentions, oh, you know, I know you've got like work to do on that legal ethics study. And it's just, it's very obviously like, these are all things that Stephen's doing lately. <laughs> and then she calls him, Stephen. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs. And they just like throw a slice pan in your face. <laughs> <laughs> So 
Kara completely understandably runs away crying. This is the most justified runs away crying oh of like God. Manny, I would say. Yes. I mean, every so, like sometimes they overreact. This time, absolutely not. No. We do all do the same. Uh, so she has to get the bus home. So, you know, things are bad in Sweet Valley. Oh, the indignity. <laughs> and the next day she wakes up with a, basically a crying hangover. Oh, man. You know, a dull headache. It's oh, like, oh, Cara, I feel so bad for I her in this book. Know. He's such a piece of shit. He, she, again, I know I keep saying it, but she deserves so much better than him. <sighs> so much better. And because she is a sensible human being, unlike him, she knows <laughs> that she has to talk to him and basically tell him that, look, I understand and sympathize with you. I know how much you love Trisha, but you can't live in the past. And she thinks if she stayed calm, reasonable and kind, wouldn't she realize that she was the one who loved him now? I mean, you'd hope. Yeah, like she's so level-headed about this, like in fairness to her. Then she rings him and she tells him completely reasonably and calmly what she overheard and asks, like, what is going on? And Stephen loses his shit. Like, he's, it's it's so oh. horrible. Like, she's well within her rights to be like, how long have you been seeing her? Are you going to keep seeing her? What's going on? And where do I fit in? Like, all very good questions fairness to her and very reasonable of her to ask these things. And Stephen's like, what is this? Some kind of third degree Stephen finally exploded <laughs> in an angrily defensive tone. Like, <sighs> drop kick him off a cliff, Cara. What the fuck is this? Like... Yeah, because he says, and since when do you go around spying on me anyway? Oh, the neck of him, I swear to God. And Kara, right, Kara gasps as well, she might, and says, I wasn't spying on you, I was just there, and I heard you talk, I heard her talking to you on the phone. She's like, so you admit that you were deliberately listening? And she's like, like, <laughs> like eavesdropping is not the issue at play here, Stephen, no. you asshole. And as she says, I couldn't help it. What was I supposed to do when I heard another girl making plans to go out with you? <laughs> I mean, really, dude. <laughs> she is stays a lot calmer than I would have because she, she really does. She's yeah. like, you know, I'm not trying to be. Well, she says, I'm not trying to. Say, I don't want to sound like a witch. <laughs> or another word that rhymes with witch. And she's like, I hope you're not getting caught up in your memories of Trisha. You know, is that why you went out with this girl? And Stephen Rhodes breathes heavily into the phone as he doubtless does when he brings up the unique boutique twenty five times a day. <laughs> and he's like, what about it? <laughs> Oh, and that's when Kara says Trisha is dead as soon as the word's right she regretted saying them you shouldn't no she's within her rights she's accurate Stephen fucking needs to hear it because he needs to snap out of this like and fucking don't apologise for anything no and he's like she's just like Trisha and Kara understandably says and no she isn't which <laughs> <laughs> gives Stephen an excuse for like oh so now I'm crazy and when Kara says that she just deserves to know what happened Stephen, you think he's been bad up till now and he pushes it further every time. Yeah. He says, you're so possessive, Cara. She's like, what? You're meant to be my boyfriend. He's like, well, maybe that's a problem. Oh my God. And then like, she- ugh, poor Cara. Like, this is so horrible. So yeah, he's like, oh, come on. Don't, no, don't we, Cara? And she's like, okay, fine. And he's like, okay, fine. So she hangs up and that's it. Oh God. Like, yeah, that's it. It's done. And like, it kind of flips to Stephen then as soon as the call is over. And even he's like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> it's like, yeah, we'd all like to know, Stephen. But, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but his first instinct is to dial Andrea's number. Oh, for fuck's sake. What? <laughs> 
He feels a sting of guilt, though. So there's that. Oh, so, well, small mercies. And uh, Liz comes in and apologises for giving out to him. She shouldn't. No, everyone stop apologising to him. He's an asshole. Um, yeah, and he feels, but that sort of exacerbates his guilt. So he marches out saying, I have to go to my hang gliding lesson. <laughs> what an exit line. <laughs> So I, I genuinely don't know what time of day or night it is because... It's all very vague, isn't it? Because yeah. the next scene is like Jessica's eating toast. So I guess it's breakfast. Is it the next day? Is it... Is, what is going on? Um, <laughs> so she's going on about Keith and his uh, you know political convictions, which provokes more bickering about idealism and cynicism from Ned and Alice. And you know Ned admires Keith's principles and feels like he hasn't lived up to his own because he's been too selfish. And Alice like, looking after your family isn't selfish. And Jessica is pissed off, not because her parents are fighting again, but because now they weren't even talking about Keith anymore, which is what she wanted to talk about. It's like, no one's listening to me. <laughs> oh, my parents are having this really horrible fight. They're not listening to me talk about my boyfriend. Why are you talking about him in detail to your parents, you weirdo? It's so strange, yeah. <laughs> well, Ned is absolutely having a crisis. Oh, God. Yeah, he's like, because I think, did Jessica mention something about Keith, like, sitting down in front of a weapons plant? And Ned's like, I've never sat down in front of a weapons plant. Yeah. And Alice is like, go ahead. What can off you go so, Jesus? <laughs> yeah, he says, here I am in my 40s and I've never sat down in front of a weapons plant. Same. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. There's some very funny lines in this book. I'll have to give them that. <laughs> Somebody writing this has a sense of humour. <laughs> <laughs> well done Kate William by the way Jessica just stops off because no one's paying attention to her I mean that's how she goes <laughs> then she finally remembers that Kara ran off crying yesterday Jesus I know I like did her and Lila just go eh, whatever and just carry yes. on shopping like, so. pretty much so she tells yeah. Liz about it and Liz says look I know about this Andrea girl and I've tried to talk to her about it but no joy and uh, Liz Jessica says well I've got to give it a go and when asks where he is and Elizabeth says hang gliding and Jessica <laughs> just seems to take this entirely in her stride as opposed to going hang on where Oh, yeah, no, they were, they were, that's it, because Jess is so hung up, or Jessica is so hung up on the fact that he's basically cheated on Kara this whole time, that uh, when Liz is like hang gliding, and Jessica gritted her teeth, well, when he gets home, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> well, you might regret saying those words, Jessica, because <laughs> St- Stephen is up on a mountain, jumping off a mountain. I mean... I, 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 this isn't his first lesson, is it? Like, he's had other lessons up until no, now. No, it is! It's his first one! Oh, God, seriously? Yeah! <laughs> we're told it's his the earth fell away under his feet as he rose upon the thermals like an eagle or a condor I like that they didn't just pick one it's like yeah. <laughs> we've got options here <laughs> and even in the air so this is definitely his first time up there and he's just he's like it just takes a moment to sort of think wow this is kind of amazing but then he starts thinking about his love problems and how he's falling in love with Andrea but he still loves Kara, does he? I mean, does he? Then he gets so distracted <laughs> that something happens. He's such a dumb bitch in this whole scene, <laughs> I swear to God. It's like, because he's so kind of like torn up about, oh, I love Kara. Oh, but I love Andrea because I love Trisha. And he's like, he shook his head to clear the images away. And his helmet slipped over one eye, blocking his vision. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing, you fucking cartoon idiot? Like, so he just can't see where the fuck he's going. And he's uh, whatever kind of, I don't know, gliding he was doing gets all fucked up. And he like raises his hand to fix the helmet so the glider lurches to the right and swoops down towards a cliff face. <laughs> like. 
and he screams as he plummets towards the trees. <laughs> I did not see this coming because I didn't read the blurb. No, this is the thing. So it's like, okay, he's trying hang gliding. And at first it's like, well, shouldn't he surely go in tandem with the instructor for his very first time jumping off a fucking cliff? But it's like, no, off you go, you're grand. You know what you're doing, don't you? Ah, yeah. Grand, so off you go. <laughs> he fucking crashes. Because <laughs> he shook his head to be like, <laughs> But like at this point, I was so mad at him. I was just like, Stephen, I do not feel sorry for you. <laughs> Good. Crash. See if I care. <laughs> Well, uh, unaware of this hang gliding tragedy <laughs> taking place, Kara uh, is at home asking her mother for advice. And her mother's suddenly Italian? I, apparently. Where does that come from? That threw me as well because her mother's comforting her and she's like, I know, Cara mia, I know. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what is happening? Since when is Mrs. Walker fully Italian and or Gomez Adams? Because either way, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> The only two options. <laughs> <laughs> well, amid this uh, pseudo-Italian, or possibly authentically Italian, comforting Jessica calls uh, to tell her that Stephen's had <laughs> a hang gliding accident. <laughs> it's just your standard Sweet Valley conversation, really, isn't it? <laughs> of course it is. I mean, at least he wasn't kidnapped, I suppose. True. And they, uh, like, Kara asks how bad it is, and Jessica says, like, they don't know, but it's it's bad, and that she has to go. Um, but Jessica says that he doesn't want her. Kara's like, uh, look, you got to come, and hangs up. And Kara's mother offers her a lift, but she sobs that Stephen doesn't want her. No, oh, it's very sad, actually, because poor Kara obviously is upset that Stephen's being rushed to hospital. Fucking <laughs> idiot. Um, yeah, and she's just like, no, he doesn't want me. Because she kind of says it twice and it's just like, oh, Kara. Oh. I oh, know, because she's, he's basically told her, uh, I'm seeing a ghost, Victorian doll ghost. Ooh, double ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like the scariest kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, for Kara, anyway. Uh, so yeah, he's, uh, he's kind of just dumped her. Pretty much, yeah. But what, what, what do you do? Um, so we cut to the hospital where Dr. Nichols, I'm actually surprised Dr. Nichols does go, just talk to him and he'll be fine. Oh, seriously. Yeah, I was waiting for that because I think, do we find out that he's in a coma? He's in a sort of coma. Sort um, of a coma. <laughs> oh, and I was fully expecting, they're like, you know, he just, he just has to want to get better. <laughs> I thought Kara would have to come in and like talk to him. Yeah. Um, or, you know, maybe now cheer would do the trick. <laughs> Jess got the cheerleaders together. I mean, that's what usually does it. Yeah. Well, uh, it turns out his arm is broken, but that seems to be the worst of it. They've, they've ex- given him x-rays. They don't know if there's any um, he- like serious head injuries, mm. but they um, they have to wait and see, basically. And Ned and Alice, uh, you know, their troubles are forgotten as the, they hold each other for comfort. And after <laughs> there's a, the intercom goes, Dr. Nichols, Dr. Nichols, to emergency, stat! <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor runs off and uh the while um just as Kara arrives, Stephen is sort of mumbling and moaning and um, he's not properly awake, and then he goes, I can't Trisha Oh Jesus, poor Kara, like talk about timing, because yeah, that's pretty much the point that she walks in and she's just yep. like, Oh fuck this. She runs away crying <laughs> again. <laughs> and uh, then Stephen goes, Kara and falls asleep again. Oh no! So uh, Ned tells the twins to go home and rest, but they refuse. And Liz realizes that this is the first time she's seen her parents kind of like a team. Mm. Um, 
and is, you know, worried that it took Stephen's accident to bring them, you know, united. So Dr. Nichols returns with the x-ray results and there's no fractures at all, um, but there could be a serious concussion. So they need to keep an eye on him um, and keep him, you know, he should have woken up by now. And Elizabeth, feel, you know, regrets having a fight with him earlier and she's just going to the cafe and we get another bit of continuity. Oh, yes, we do. Um, is that from when um, the... We're- we're told that they, uh, months earlier, how many months? Who knows? <laughs> Both of them had worked as candy stripers in the hospital, so they knew the way around. And we're told, Elizabeth wished she had never been to the hospital and didn't have to be there right then. Uh, yes, because she got kidnapped in the car park. But we're supposed to believe that her being kidnapped was a matter of months ago. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and not only were you kidnapped, but wasn't there like, wasn't that when Carl the Orderly was, Jessica was there like posing as her to deceive Carl the Orderly? Oh God, yeah. I mean, you'd think they'd have worse, like not worse, but pretty bad associations with the hospital. They wouldn't just think, oh yeah, we used to work here. It's like, yes, and? And you were also a patient here after you came off a motorbike and woke up as Jessica, remember that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, after you were in a coma. And Jessica, there was that time when you bullied Annie Whitman into uh, trying to take her own life and had to... (laughs) cheer her back from the grave seriously they're in and out of that fucking hospital like every day with terrible things so uh, yeah they forget all about that they they keep vigil all night and in the morning Stephen wakes up and he's grand and uh, you know he's grand because he's making stupid jokes he's like hey something's wrong I'm seeing double (laughs) shut up Stephen (laughs) go back to sleep (laughs) we didn't miss you (laughs) (laughs) certainly did not we cut to Monday night and Liz, uh, Jessica is picking up Keith in Stephen's car. Um, yeah, she's just like, well, he's in hospital. He doesn't need it. <laughs> just pure mercenary. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a, another of these great moments. The bits with Keith are the funniest in the book. Because she's like, I know you don't believe in using fossil fuels, but I'd be a fossil if I had to walk anywhere, everywhere. <laughs> and Keith says, you don't look too decrepit. And Jess thinks something's going to finally happen between them. Because yeah, they've gone out on all these dates. And again, I don't have to sound like I'm obsessed with, you know, these characters sticking their tongues down each other's throats. But like, have they have they actually kissed? Like, has something happened? I don't really understand this dating world. That's where... the thing. But also, do they even count as dates? Because like, yeah. they've gone to like a fucking meeting about an incinerator and they've gone leafleting. <laughs> and sorry, but like, neither of those things sound like a fucking date. Like, no. none of what they've done together could be classed as a date, I would say. Very true. So, yeah, uh, uh, well, Jessica is clearly hoping something will finally happen. Uh, when Keith says, but Jessica, Keith said, his voice was low and intimate. <laughs> and he says something that we've thought quite a few times. She it's, it's, it's set up so well. <laughs> Perfectly. He goes, you shouldn't stay in the sun too much. With the ozone layer disappearing the way it is, ultraviolet light is getting stronger all the time. It's dangerous. <laughs> And then he talks about skin cancer and Jess is enraged. (laughs) He starts talking about a fundraising thing he did for a cancer society and Jess is like, which movie should we go to? (laughs) Just please stop. I mean, though, Jessica, you should listen to him about the skin cancer thing because you don't use any sunscreen whatsoever and you're going to look like a old handbag at the best possible scenario by the best, exactly leather handbag is the best she can hope for at this yeah. stage fucking cooking herself in baby oil oh god so oh. yeah he is actually right about that yeah. 
But then she suggests going to, because they're going to the cinema and he suggests going to see some sort of like sexy thriller. And Keith, because he's, oh, he's so dangerous, goes, commercial films are so mindless and predictable. Just waste time, really. I thought we could see a documentary of the reindeer culture of the laps. Oh, fuck off. And when, when Jessica's like, I don't really feel like watching a documentary about reindeer. Keith looks at her woodenly. So you want to see that Hollywood garbage? <laughs> Fuck off, Keith. I can't believe I agree with you politically about all these things and on the skin cancer thing. And you are such... And also, I'm sure it would be an interesting documentary, but <laughs> holy fucking shit. You're such a dick. He's so unlikable. Like, he hasn't a, an ounce of charm, like, at all. And when he, when he says that to her, but no, you want to go see Hollywood garbage? Mm, Jessica's like, yep. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, she says, and this is fair enough. Yep, sometimes you just have to go for mindless entertainment, Keith. And, and you sure do. I tell I, you, a lot to be said for mindless entertainment. I mean, look at us on this podcast. Oh, Jesus, what are we doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, by the time they got to the Valley Cinema, Jessica was feeling very philosophical. Either it would work out with Keith or it wouldn't. But there was absolutely no way she was going to watch a documentary about reindeer. <laughs> Good for you, Jess. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but then when they arrive at the cinema, there's something more intriguing than reindeer or sexy thrillers happening outside. That's right. Yes, Jessica spots uh, a girl, a girl <gasps> from the unique boutique who looks oh. like Trisha Martin, the girl Stephen had dumped Cara for. <gasps> so she, like Jessica, like narrowing her eyes as she sees this old. <laughs> so she sees Andrea walk up to a tall boy with dark hair who was waiting at the cinema entrance, and he smiles and puts his arm across her shoulders. And they walk inside together. So she's like, "Hmm, what the fuck is this?" <laughs> Fair enough. Mm. <laughs> so Andrea's, I mean, like you're right. She's wise to get away from. Stephen mm. and I don't really understand how she's tolerated him for as long as this but <laughs> this is still also a bit off a little bit yeah <laughs> there was there's two of the minute so we cut to the hospital where Dr Nichols tells Stephen he's doing well he can go home the day after tomorrow and just you know recover there and um so he's she leaves and he wishes he could he's on his own and he wishes he could share the good news with somebody and he decides to call Andrea a work because uh, they're so close. I guess. <laughs> uh, we're told that he she did call him and visit him the day before and she's due to come in later. And he uh, he thinks that even though he had started hang gliding to get Andrea out of his mind, he had come to realise that was a foolish mistake. He couldn't get her out of his mind and he didn't want to either. Oh, God. <laughs> so the twins arrive and he shares the news that, first of all, he, that he's grand, basically. And then he says he's expecting a VIV, a very important visitor. <laughs> the worst. Like, how is he talking like this in front of his uh, sisters who know all the background? <laughs> I know, yeah, especially considering Jessica's standing there and like Kara is one of her very good friends. It's like, wow, you're a real piece of shit, aren't you, Stephen? He really is. And Liz understandably, is not pleased when she realised that, and like like you said earlier, Liz is kind of fine in this book. Um, she isn't pleased when she realises that the VIV is, and not a thing, by the way, Stephen, is Andrea. <laughs> and then Jessica's like, oh, her, oh, that girl who looks like Trisha. Yeah, I saw her last night at the movies with some guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's great because it's like, no one spoke. Jessica was still scrolling on Stephen's cast because she's busy like drawing a big flower on yeah. the cast on his arm, just oblivious. It's great. <laughs> And Stephen is like really horrified. Like he feels his face go all red and hot. And he tries to laugh casually and says, oh, he's probably just your brother or a good friend. And Jessica just raises her eyebrows. It's like, oh, OK. 
temporary. <laughs> and Stephen gets all angry and sort of staggers to the window. But then he sees something outside that shakes him to his very core. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's good timing on his part, really, isn't it? Because he could be standing there for fucking ages waiting for it to turn up. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so uh, down below, a convertible with a young, dark-haired man at the wheel had stopped by the curb. Andrea was in the passenger seat. There was no mistaking her curly, strawberry blonde hair. Uh, so he's watching this, saying, oh, "Oh, there's nothing to worry about. This guy is just Andrea's brother or cousin." But the next moment, Andrea leaned towards the driver and kissed him. It was not a sisterly kiss. I'm sorry. What is a sisterly kiss if it's on the fucking mouth? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so Liz sees all this too and she drags Jessica out of the room and somehow she's angry with Jessica for telling Stephen about Andrea and like, Jess was right she was entirely right and she says yeah. I just thought Stephen Chino was perfect Andrea isn't so perfect fair enough yeah fair yeah and Liz is like mm, I suppose true <laughs> so they decide I don't really know why because Andrea's on her they know Andrea's on her way in they decide to call Cara and tell her to come in you know what? Kara's had a lucky escape. Just leave her alone. <laughs> exactly. Also, don't make her come and face and Like, for all they know, Andre's going to still be there. Ugh, I know, yeah. So, uh, anyway, they decide that it's a good idea to call her, somehow. <laughs> Meanwhile, Stephen is, trying, is in his hospital room, trying to get into his jeans with a broken arm. I'm sorry, jeans in hospital. Like, I literally wrote down, <laughs> Steve, you truly are a psychopath. Like, I mean, I've been in hospital for more than a couple of days and you do not want to be anywhere near a pair of jeans when you are not feeling the best. Like, it is tracksuit pants or pyjamas. He is kidding himself. <laughs> I mean, I haven't worn jeans for a year. Same. I mean, <laughs> Who? I think, I my, oh God, I would cry if I had to wear jeans for a full day. <laughs> Don't make me wear hard clothes. Seriously, <laughs> something's going to leave an imprint on my leg. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I'm wearing a pair of dungarees right now, listeners. Yes. <laughs> Lucy and Yax. So, um, yeah, he's in his jeans for reasons best out to himself. I guess he says he can't bear to face Andre in a hospital gown. I suppose it doesn't have an arse. Well, that's fair enough, but like, put on a fucking pair of tracksuit pants, yes. though, because putting on jeans is lunacy. Pajama bottoms. Like, how Literally, do you not have pajama yeah. bottoms at this yeah. stage? Ugh. Anyway, she comes in. I mean, she's cold because she's literally snogging this boy <laughs> on the way the to win- see him. <laughs> outside the window. Oh my God, she must know which way his room faces. She's been there before. Is she doing it on purpose? I kind of hope she is. Because, I mean, fuck Stephen. Like, he's the one who's wrong here. <laughs> That's true. He just, des- I mean, he deserves it. The least he so, deserves. <laughs> uh, and she comes in all smiles and Stephen's all like, who is he? <laughs> and she says, he's a friend, Steve. I met him last week and I really like him a lot. I got last week, was she not still going out to the zoo for fishies? Well, <laughs> as she says, though, you know, we never made any promises to each other. And I mean... That does seem to be the way, I mean, not that I know from experience or anything, but like in like American dating, there is like a, oh, we would never said we were exclusive. It's like a oh, thing that kind of comes true. up a lot. Yeah, doesn't so happen in, here. Well, no, <laughs> but like in TV and films and stuff, it's always like, oh, you know, we never said we were exclusive. So, you know, it's grand. Oh, it's like you need to have that conversation to be like, we're, we're only seeing each other. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. That's kind of how I read this from her point of view anyway. <laughs> well, Stephen also says, which is obviously completely unreasonable. How can you do this to me after all we've been through? Which is like, what? <laughs> you've been through fuck all. Just the aquarium, man. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, she's like, oh, he says, you know how I feel about you. And he, uh, she says very sensibly, I know how you feel about Trisha. Mm, all the time. Banged yeah, rights, like, yeah. Does. 
says, all the time we've been together, you've projected your memory of Trisha onto me. I mean, that was obvious from the first five minutes. You should have really, you know, stopped it. The signs were there. <laughs> they were literally there. They were like, neon and flashing. Like there was no mistaking. <laughs> they were barely signs and more detailed explanation of what was happening at all times. <laughs> Let me take down your hair so you look like my dead girlfriend. Jesus. <laughs> And she points out, you've never really seen me or heard me or gotten to know me, Andrea. You want me to replace Trisha for you and I can't do that. She's like, I do see you, but he he can't even believe in himself. No, like he knows he's talking shite. So like, yeah, she's absolutely right. And she apologises, doesn't really need to apologise, I guess, and says, I found someone who likes me for who I am, not for who I remind him of. Fair point. Mm. And Stephen does eventually admit that uh, Andrea's words do ring true. And it's like, oh, no, I, di- I didn't mean to, to do this. And it's like, didn't you, though? I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. Also, Andrea, again, has a much higher tolerance for this than I would because she has sympathetic tears in her eyes. I, I would not be that sympathetic. I would be creeped out beyond belief. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, he looks at her for the first time. And he really sees her for the first time and thinks that she is a... Uh, uh, a girl who resembled Trisha in many ways, but who had her own ideas and her own feelings. He realised even leading her into situations that reproduced his time with Trisha. Oh, such unusual situations like go to a restaurant. Um, <laughs> he'd encouraged her to order food which she liked to talk about things Trisha had been interested in. I mean, really, it sounds like you just talked about your law project for like True. two hours and then talked about <laughs> hang gliding. <laughs> <laughs> so he realises that he had never really known or tried to find out how Andrea felt he just made her conform to his memories of Trisha uh, and he apologises and says I hope we can be friends and she's like eh, no we can't yeah she's so right here she's like you know what that's not a good idea see ya <laughs> yeah. so she goes and then this I mean again Stephen needs some good grief counselling because he feels that he knew he'd never see Trisha again and he could never replace her and then he has this sort of moment of just overwhelming grief um, and then realises that the worst loss of all was Kara. Really? I mean, he did lose his actual girlfriend over all this fucking dicking around uh, and yeah. he does uh, feel bad for the way he's treated her. Um, so I guess that's something... But um, Kara arrives and for a moment we think that she might have, you know, grown a spine because she thinks even if Stephen wanted her, Kara wouldn't go back to him now. She'd been oh. through enough pain and disappointment. True. Stick to that. <laughs> yeah. So she goes and says, look, I know you'll always love Trisha and I know I never meant as much to you as she did. Oh, uh, but I want you to know our relationship was wonderful while it lasted and I'll always remember you. She's like, oh, did you mean it? I was like, of course you fucking did, Stephen. Jesus. Like she's, again, like being so much nicer to him than he deserves. And the fact that he doesn't even correct her and is just like, yeah, no, you you, do, you don't mean as much to me as Trisha did. It's like, fuck you, man. He was so awful. And then she says she loves him. She's like, yeah, he's like, oh, I guess I do love you too. Like, um, he apologizes and says he acted like a jerk. But then Kara is like, is it over? You aren't seeing her anymore? Instead of answering, Stephen pulled back and let me just turn the page and looked into her eyes again. He kissed her tenderly and Kara knew it would be all right. But like, he's not seeing her anymore because she fucking dumped him. Not because he saw sense and yes. realized he was being a prick to his girlfriend. Yeah. Like, like Andrea took herself out of the equation quite rightly. So like, if she hadn't done that, he would still be fucking panting after her and Kara could go fuck herself. So push him out the window is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, and also this happened about 20 minutes ago. So it's not like he's had a long time to come to terms with, uh, you know, what he really feels. 
Oh, Cara, I mean, I know Cara does move away eventually, doesn't she? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Or they, they, they don't last anyway. And no. like, good, because fucking hell, man, he is not good for her. <laughs> run, Cara, run! <laughs> so yes, they embrace and the twins peer in and are just delighted and they stop Ned and Alice from going in because Stephen needs a little privacy right now. And they think everything's going to be just fine. Uh, <laughs> even though Stephen has not confronted any of his issues and has behaved in a extremely disturbing way. <laughs> so, extremely if that's fine fine it's grand <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> so we cut to two days later and Jessica and Cara are headed out to the I mean, the playing fields I guess for their cheerleading practice and Ke- Jess is basically uh, is going to dump Keith she's had enough of a shot at this stage yeah <laughs> so that kind of peters out but when they arrive at the uh, with to the other with the other cheerleaders Mariah, Maria has some news yeah she's um, she's all excited because apparently her dad who we previously established was like the planning commissioner mm. uh, he's uh, going to be running for mayor and they're all really excited about this and I have to say I'd, I'd be push to understand why some kids would care about who's running for mayor. I know. Like Jean <laughs> and Sandy are losing their shit. And they're like, maybe he'd make a campaign out here. We can all be in it. Why? <laughs> <laughs> and Robin is amused by the thought of Sweet Valley on TV. Well, so are we. And you can hear just how amused if you if you support us on Headstuff Plus. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, that's, I, a, that's my campaign ad. So good. Seamless. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, well, Maria understandably thinks TV ads are quite unlikely, but Jess is sure it's the way to go. And for some reason, they were all so giddy at the thought of Maria's dad's mayoral campaign. So it's like falling off the pyramids and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why do they care so much? It's so weird. <laughs> So, uh, uh, yeah, the practice ends and Jessica and Kara get a lift back to the Casa in the Fiat Spider, which has recovered because they're having a sort of welcome back dinner for Stephen. And um, as they're all in a cheerful mood as they make the extremely dangerous journey home with Kara's like head sticking out a window. Seriously, she's back on, she's on like Jess's lap or something. There's probably not a seatbelt to be had between oh, them. No. Just like the carry on of these kids, I swear uh, to God. <laughs> <laughs> so they get home and the family are out by the pool uh, Prince Albert's there yay and Jessica asks Ned why he's home early and that triggers another overreaction from babyface Ned it's like <laughs> why he's such a child he really is it's so ridiculous and you know the, the tension continues because Stephen is like oh I want some tacos and barbecue chicken and Alice jokes about him being only allowed hospital food and then admits you can have whatever you want as long as it's steak because that's what I got yeah and then Ned sticks his <gasps> fucking oar in oh my god so rude like yeah that's it because she says look you can have whatever you want as long as a steak that's what I got and Ned's like you could always go out for something else Mr Wakefield pointed out after all it is his first night home he should have something special and like Alice kind of goes thanks for volunteering my time to go shopping like fuck off Ned <laughs> you go to the shop so if you're that bothered <laughs> Jesus I know she says it with a somewhat indignant laugh and I we're mean, told I'll there was say. a hard edge to her words it's yeah. like I'd be happy to prepare the steak any way Stephen wants it it's really awkward and I feel sorry for Stephen even though he's terrible because he sort of knows whatever thi- he sort of feels whatever he says will set his parents off yeah one of them 
or both of them. Yeah, yeah there's no there's no way to talk to them lately without something going wrong. And Jessica tries to change the mood by telling them about Maria's dad. And Ned is surprised here that Peter Santelli is running for mayor because, um, you know, they, they he he did, had no idea, and they're they're actually friends. Um, so he thinks that Mr. Santelli will do a good job as mayor. And Liz has an idea for fascinating journalism. Jesus, Liz and her fucking articles. Um, yeah, she's like, maybe I can interview him and Maria for the school paper. You know, how does it feel to have a father in politics? That sort of thing. Like, groundbreaking. <laughs> well, it's a little hook for uh, Trigger for, for uh, Mrs. Wakefield to say, that's something you'll never know about firsthand. And then Ned, again! Gets gets on his high horse, Mister Ranty, and says, "I don't know why you say that. I'd hate to think I'll never do anything for this community. It's not as though being a lawyer till the end of my days excites me." And Alice has just had enough of his nonsense. <laughs> That's right, and she's dead right because she just kind of throws her hands up and she's like, "Well, then stop being a lawyer if it makes you so unhappy, Ned. Don't take it out on us." And like, oh, it just turns into a proper standing up row because he, then he gets up out of his chair and he's like, "Oh yeah, just quit my job. Good thinking, Alice. Steve's in college and the girls will be there soon. I mean, will they? This is going to take mm. fucking ages, lads. Uh, I mean, they spend another hundred bucks, so you're grand. Truly, yeah. And uh, yeah, and then he storms off, and it's like this is so awkward. Also, Kara is there as well. Yes. Whatever, are we arguing in front of your kids? It's like, lads, would you please get a grip of yourselves? I know. And Jessica feels human feelings. Where Toad <gasps> feels hurt and confused and alone. Oh. Surprise. I mean, it only took an entire book of them having these fights beforehand. She was just like, why aren't they talking about my boy? My, <laughs> not even my boyfriend. Pay attention to me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Alice walks after Ned and Jessica wonders uh, she, in fear what is going on. What's happening to her parents? <gasps> And that is the end. Oh my God. What a dramatic book. Family drama. Can you read us out, please? Is there serious trouble brewing between Mr. and Mrs. Wakefield? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 65. Trouble at home. <gasps> well, I have, I remember this one. And there is trouble. Oh my God. Serious trouble I, brewing. I don't think I know this one at all, you know, so Ooh. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but unthinkable things happen. It's all going down in the split level ranch house. Yep. The split level ranch house will never be the same again. <gasps> oh my God. Yep. So we've got a lot of excitement in store in the next episode, listeners. Ooh. And uh, to set us up for it, have you got any stats and outfits? Okay. So now the blue green eyes only got one mention. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's not super great. The blondness, now the blondness was a funny one this time because technically there were only two mentions. But each mention was like honey gold or honey blonde. Ooh. So each one could technically count as two mentions a piece. <laughs> so kind of it was four mentions. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'll t- yeah, let's take it. It's four like I might be grasping at straws here, but it's like, <laughs> it, you know, it just seemed like they were going heavy on the, the description of the blonde in, in just one instance. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm enough. counting it as four. Yeah. Um, in terms of outfits, we had Andrea at the start. Um <gasps> being so like Trisha, uh, down to the uh, outfit she was wearing, which involved a pretty green blouse with a lace collar, similar to one that Trisha had owned. And we know Trisha's taste in blouses was oh. dog shit. So yeah, there's no way that's nice. 
<laughs> Gotta visit the old Victorian ghost vibe. Big time. So then Jessica, oh yeah, so when Jessica and, um, what's his face, fucking Keith. Keith. Uh, he's like, he's so boring, I can't even remember his name. <laughs> so Jessica and Keith, they go to the public meeting uh, about the incinerator. He is dressed in an outfit that must have come from the thrift shop. Uh, so he's in old corduroys and a work shirt, uh, which are probably from the secondhand store. And Jessica's like, oh God. Because uh, because she's quite uh, very, in the spirit of Sweet Valley, dressed in crisp jeans and a silk t-shirt. Oh, get with the silk. The teenagers love their silk. They just can't get enough. It's surprising, but uh, <laughs> consistent. I mean, we can't fault them on the consistency. <laughs> the dry cleaning bills must be through the roof. Seriously, yeah, out of hand. Uh, well, th- I mean, it was slim pickings in terms of clothes, um, but... I have to say that the absolute lunacy of the <laughs> has genuinely makes up for it. Like Stephen I, acting like a murderer suddenly crashing into a canyon on a hang glider. <laughs> I'm sorry, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Didn't see any of that coming, so that was highly entertaining. <laughs> no, uh, it was, I mean, again, another doppelganger, like, Seriously, how many doubles does this town have? So many. And actually, as somebody pointed out, I can't remember now who it was on Twitter, but thank you for reminding me because uh, there is one of the super editions, um, Spring Break, where the twins go off to France. They they do like an exchange. So like the sister of the guy that they're staying with, whatever, who goes to Sweet Valley, fucking looks like Trisha. And it's this whole thing again where Stephen gets obsessed with this girl thinking she's Trisha, but because, you know, she likes science. Oh, Trisha wanted to be a scientist or whatever bullshit. And of course, your woman obviously has different interests and isn't completely a carbon copy of his dead girlfriend. So they have actually done this exact storyline twice. Oh my (laughs) God. (laughs) Fuck's sake. I know. (laughs) Oh, well, listeners, if you can think of any other random lookalikes that would have just popped up I mean we've had Elizabeth has, looks ev- like everybody or I guess Jessica too looks like everybody from Margot and Nora and then what's his name the bombers oh stalking uh, victim Melanie was it yeah. yes and then also in the uh, in the exclusive uh, fucking batshit vampire book that oh. I recapped on Headstuff Plus it turns out that Liz and Jessica are also dead ringers for like some girl from the 1700s called Lisette interestingly uh, (laughs) who lived in France so there's Wakefield's aplenty (laughs) and clearly there's lots of Trishas running around the place too (laughs) like we're gonna need to keep some kind of like table or running tally of all fucking doppelgangers because it's getting out of hand (laughs) it's it's a worrying amount Uh, well uh, listeners we always love hearing from you and uh, on you know now we have many many forms for you to to communicate with us uh, you can contact us on Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can pop on over to Instagram where, as usual, Karen is doing astonishing work. Uh, <laughs> she's been making graphics. She's been tracking down all James Matthews's inspiration photos. And I mean, speaking of the French book, the one from the French <laughs> 
<laughs> I found it. <laughs> How would you describe it, Karen? I mean, I just I did describe it as a huge pandemic vibe because with that cover, <laughs> it looks like Elizabeth is just like gasping in amazement at a map of a foreign country, which is kind of understandable at this point. Oh, well. And Jessica just fully looks like she's just screaming into the sky and I can relate. <laughs> so <laughs> knock yourselves out, gals, honestly. I mean, who are we to judge? Rather? Seriously. <laughs> and the source photo is just incredible. It's so good. Oh my God. Oh man. <laughs> You've never seen a teen in a business casual suit like it. <laughs> you absolutely haven't. I don't know. It's got serious like Armani 80s vibes. <laughs> it's a sight to behold. And speaking of sights to behold, this We Very High TV series is going from, I don't know if strength to strength is the right word, but <laughs> it is certainly entertaining. We we have to give it that, yes. <laughs> and we are first, if you sign up to Headstuff Plus, you can listen to our recap of the first episode and there will be the recap of episode two next week. That's right. And, yes, they'll be there waiting for you. And uh, we'll just tantalise you with that one by saying that in this episode, <laughs> the second episode, we will be discussing the TV version of Mr. Collins. Well, like, that's a mournful jingle for a good reason. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm going to have to come up with a whole new one for this Mr. Collins. But uh, let's, just, what the fuck? <laughs> let's just say he is no young Robert Redford. Mm, very true. Mm. But a massive, massive thank you to everybody who has already joined up to support us. It Genuinely, we were texting each other going, oh, there's two more. Oh, there's three more. Uh, oh, every time so we're lovely. Yeah, we're really excited. <laughs> it's absolutely uh, delightful and it's so kind of you and we uh, very 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 much appreciate your support because we've been doing this podcast for several years now uh, just purely for love and while we are still basically doing it purely for love we do very much appreciate <laughs> the support <laughs> true yes in fairness there is a lot of time and effort and ebooks <laughs> that yes. go into it <laughs> oh god so many ebooks and <laughs> To give one example, I mean, I know this was a long episode, but my notes are 7,271 <gasps> words long. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, a lot of that is, is cutting and pasting quotes from, okay, the, yeah. uh, from the online version, the, the Kindle version. Oh, but um, this is the thing, we, you know, Karen is counting all those, all those three <laughs> knives, like... <laughs> Takes a lot of work to make something this ridiculous. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> and obviously, we the, this main podcast will always be free to all. But if yes. you would like to just chuck us a fiver a month, we would be very, very much appreciative. And you can do that at headstuffpodcasts.com. There will be a link to the uh, show notes, the info on this episode. And we will be back in two weeks mm. when we find out <laughs> oh I mean sorry I'm, I'm feeling emotional about it I was going to say am I excited or am I dreading it I don't even know <laughs> we find out what happens when, when the, come on you can do it I believe in you when the split level ranch house is shaken the Spanish tiles are are shook askew <laughs> when the Wakefield's face Trouble at home. Oh my God. <laughs> See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. 
This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Community is always worth celebrating. The same goes for the businesses born within them. And with Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, you can find the biggest selection of black-owned and women-owned beer, wine, and spirits brands. Then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. Now you can sip with purpose and explore brands that are shifting in industry while amplifying voices often left unheard. Find your new favorite drinks while supporting the diverse stories that make them great. Make your memorable moments even more meaningful by choosing brands with intention. Show your support and raise a glass to the spirit of representation and belonging, all while discovering incredible drinks with stories worth celebrating. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com to start sipping with purpose.